Breaking into a Premier League first team is harder than ever. Every year, thousands of young players enter the youth academies. Every year, maybe a dozen will make their debut for a Premier League club. Only the very best of the best prevail. I'm Faker Others. Welcome to the next big thing. The path from academy to first team is rarely straightforward in the Premier League. Some of the most hyped youngsters don't make it, whereas very often, youth teamers, who few thought had what it takes, go on to great success. Not many who watched Harry Kane in his early days on loan at Leighton Orient or Millwall predicted that much would come of him, but he's not done too badly. Well delivers. No, an awkward and in from Harry Kane! It's also not uncommon for opinion to be split about a young player before they reach the first team, which is true of West Ham's Nathan Holland. So who is Nathan Holland? Nathan Holland is an exciting young player, type of player that will excite you with his skills. Roshane Thomas, West Ham correspondent for The Athletic. His ability to link up with his teammates is also impressive. He got a lot of assists last season and he's a player who certainly knows where the back of the net is. <laughs> he finished out a top goal score in the Premier League uh, 2 Division 2 season last year and yeah, he's just he's a player who I've always liked and Obviously, last season when West Ham was struggling for creativity, I was like, hey, Pellegrini, when he was manager at the time, I was like, hey, give this young guy a chance because he's really good. He's an exciting player and obviously West Ham fans are really looking forward to what he's able to bring to the team. He plays on, 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 a, on, a, on a wing, so whether it's left wing or right wing, but more predominantly the left wing because he's uh, right-footed, so he's ability to cut inside and then, you know, shoot or, or float it across into the box. So that's where he's enjoyed a lot of success and... Nathan Holland's a very quiet person, really. He's sort of the sort he's sort of the sort of character that he doesn't really like like the attention. He just wants to just do his thing on the pitch and you know let his coaches or former players talk about him. So he's not the type of player that's like, hey, look at me, I'm doing well. He's the sort of player that's like just reserved, really quiet. You know, enjoys his own company. That's definitely the sort of character Nathan Holland is. The first time I saw Holland play was actually for West Ham in the game at the Kassam Stadium early in the season where Oxford beat uh, West Ham 4-0 in the Carabao Cup. George Ellick, co-host of the Totally Football League show, Extra Time and Oxford United fan, where Holland spent a few months on loan last season. And that was a team that was full of big name players for that West Ham side and Holland Despite the fact they lost 4-0, Holland was quite clearly the best player on the day, on the night for, for West Ham. He was a constant threat on the left-hand side. His pace caused us massive issues. And it was one of those occasions where I think everybody in the stadium and Carl Robinson, the Oxford manager, saw that performance and thought, right, OK, that is a player that if we can get him in, it, you know, it would be a great bit of business. And a couple of weeks later, he came in. The highlight of Holland's time at Oxford was a sensational goal that made everyone sit up and take notice. It was the FA Cup against um, against Newcastle, uh, live on BBC. Newcastle took a two-goal lead at the Kassam um, fairly early on, which I think didn't surprise us, but it was disappointing to see us going down without much of a fight until Liam Kelly bent in a free kick in the 85th minute and then up popped Nathan Holland with a brilliant right-footed kind of side-foot volley, um, really. It was the 94th minute, so the fourth minute of injury time. The keeper's up. Now or never for Oxford. Kelly delivers. It's nowhere near East with the keeper, but Oxford keep it alive. And it comes here to Holland! 
Unbelievable strike! And he just caressed it into the back of the net. Like, it was one of those goals where even though he hadn't necessarily shown it very often, there are very few players at League One level, I think, who have the technique and the kind of presence of mind, I guess, to pull off that strike. So many players, especially young players, would see the ball dropping and look to get their foot through it and probably try and make sure they get it on target or get some power behind it. But in such a pressure position where it was the last kick of the game, um, or at least of normal time because he scored, to have the presence of mind to do what he did, did show uh, another level. And suddenly everyone was like, oh, hold on a minute. Benji Lanyardo from the Stop Hammer Time podcast. If he can put in performances like this against Premier League teams, then maybe we should bring him back. Holland had been superb for West Ham's under-23s and even won their Young Player of the Year award ahead of Declan Rice in the 2019-20 season. But he wasn't given much of a run in the first team before being loaned out to Oxford. It's mainly a thing about Manuel Pellegrini at the time. He was reluctant to bring in young players. The, the good thing about Moyes is that he has a lot of faith for young players. I can think of the likes of Jeremy Ngekia, Ben Johnson, Emmanuel Longello, Harris Nashby, uh, Connor Coventry. That's about what five, five players I just mentioned. Whereas with Pellegrini, it was just the same tried and tested formula. Rarely would he play young players. So even when Nathan Holland was in rich reign of form and fans are like, the likes of Lanzini aren't doing well, Yarmolenko's not doing well, Felipe Anderson's not doing well, give this young guy a chance. However, while Holland produced excellent moments at Oxford, his inconsistency there perhaps provides another explanation for why he wasn't trusted more in the West Ham first team. George Ellick. I think at his best, he is a technical player who has enough pace and quick feet and you know the, the ability to pick a pass and shoot effectively. So he has kind of everything you would want from a winger, but he didn't necessarily do it enough. And I think we often see with uh, players making their first loan, the first loan is often the hardest. And we often see players who do drop into the EFL from Premier League teams, maybe struggling to have as much of an impact as they would have anticipated. Whether this is because of their talent or whether it's because maybe they expected their talent to shine more than it did, we're never really sure. But that was certainly the case with him. When he was good, he was very good. And he had all the attributes that you'd want from a winger. And, and I think a lot of Oxford fans would be happy now to have him back. Um, but at the same time, there were often games where, you know, he was totally anonymous and, and would be, you know, at best tidy on the ball, but, but nothing more. Despite this inconsistency, it would hardly be a surprise if many West Ham fans placed their faith in a player like Holland, simply because the last decade or so has seen precious few homegrown players stick around. Since Mark Noble became a regular in around 2007, Declan Rice is really the only academy graduate to establish himself in the first team. This, however, is in sharp contrast to previous generations. Benji Lanyardo. I think that, that for, for fans of a certain age, they probably associate West Ham's academy with that, with that sort of conveyor belt of talent in the kind of late, late nine, mid to late 90s. You know, Lampard and Rio were in the same year group and then 
behind them you had you had Carrick and Cole in the same year group and Glenn Johnson not far behind them and but yeah and I think that's that's potentially where the reputation comes from and, and but actually since then not much has really happened you know Carrick was the last of that crop to leave in 2004 which was actually the same year that Mark Noble made his debut and then really it's it's a gap of you know 14 years until Declan Rice made his breakthrough season in in, in 2018 and in between really not much happened and um now I've actually had a little look to to you know which you know players that came through the academy in those intervening years that went on to make more than 50 top flight appearances and there's very few there's, there's Jack Collison who you know, looked, you know, great actually, but had to retire with injury. Um, Stanislas, who's had, you know, a pretty serviceable top flight career, but most of it away from West Ham. And then otherwise it's Anton Ferdinand and James Tonkins. And that's kind of it. Is this a point of consternation among the Hammers fans? I don't know. To be honest, I just, I don't really understand how West Ham fans think anymore. It does seem to have changed a lot since the, um, since the move to the Olympic Stadium. And this is maybe kind of like, uh, a symptom of a greater problem in football, which is the desire for short-term satisfaction. And actually, this idea that you want to sign exciting players every transfer window does run fairly contrary to to, to the principles of nurturing young players coming through. I mean, it, it used to be that that you, the West Ham fans were so obsessed with youngsters, and this what you know in, in the kind of late nineties and the emergence of Joe Cole and Carrick and Lampard, these players we're talking about, that you'd often get thousands of fans watching the youth team and that was at a time when the youth team was one of the best youth teams in the country and was winning cups and was was coming the top of youth leagues and that hasn't really happened since I, I would say that there has been a sort of inverse correlation with our move to the olympic stadium and our intention and desire to spend big in the transfer market and our interest in the youth team doesn't help that West Ham have had a number of different managers with contrasting styles, meaning that a path through to the first team inevitably becomes less clear. You know, if you're a manager that, that usually is brought in to fight a fire, um, you know, Moyes twice in a row now has been brought in to stave off relegation, you're extremely unlikely to, to take risks with youngsters, you know, and you're much more likely to, you know, try and solve it with your checkbook. I think that the, the environment at West Ham has certainly not been conducive for the kind of nurturing and development of young players. It's not necessarily a bad thing because what it means really is that it's completely meritocratic and, and, and you know, the, the emergence of someone like Declan Rice, he had to really not, you know, blow the doors down um, and he had to make his, his position you know, almost indisputable. And it and, and it means that he had to work harder. And actually it means that the players that do break through are generally a cut above to some extent because they're having to break through not only uh into a you know a Premier League side, and in West Ham's case we're often fighting for survival. Um but they're also having to do it, you know, despite the fact that that, that the manager will inevitably be more risk averse if there's more at stake. All of this could be changing soon though. Along with Holland, there are a few more promising youngsters on the fringes of the senior squad, which is largely thanks to the work of Dimitri Halajko, Roshane Thomas, 
I want to give a massive shout out to the um, under 23 manager Dimitri because since his appointment, oh my goodness, there's been so many players who've come through to play in the first team. Obviously, we know Declan Rice is a recognised player who, you know, made that transition from academy into the first team and played on a regular basis. But this is Declan Rice. He's one of the best holding midfielders in the country, in my opinion. So, you know, you're not always going to get a Declan Rice. The same way back in the day, you're not always going to get a Lampard or Glenn Johnson or a Rio Ferdinand. Sometimes you get like a Jack Collison or a Freddie Sayers. Also, Kevin Keane's doing great things with under-18s, but more so Dimitri because it's just his tactics and his, and his ability to just inspire these young players that to say, you know, if you do well for this level, you'll get a chance. And I feel like that's been his mantra since he's been at the club. Nathan Holland has clearly impressed in the youth setup, but can he translate that into the first team? The big question is always, how far can he go? Opinion seems to be split. George Ellick thinks he needs some work. I'd be amazed if he were to come into the Premier League now uh, without more development and have any impact at all. Um, he needs a move, whether that's a move to League One or the Championship for a whole season in order to play regular games, whether that is a permanent move to work his way back up the pyramid. Um, I, I know how well thought of he is at West Ham and that he's won many youth team accolades, but there was, except for flashes of, of his quality, there was very little to suggest that he is anywhere near the level needed to be playing regularly in the Premier League. But having said that, it wouldn't surprise me at all if in three or four years we're talking about a guy who did go out, get games, develop physically, uh, crucially as well, because he's, he's pretty lightweight. And then we'd see a player who, who could be ready for that. Benji Lanyardo doesn't have high hopes. I've got to say... I'm I'm not hugely optimistic about him. I, I don't think that what we've seen from him in his cup appearances, you know, he was part of the um, the team that lost four nil to uh, MK Dons uh, in, in in the cup last year. You know, he's been given opportunities and he hasn't absolutely seized them. But Roshane Thomas is more optimistic. The only issue or, or concern I'd imagine the club have with Nathan Holland is is uh, is the fact he I wouldn't say he's injury prone, but his hamstrings have been a bother during his time with the club. That's the only concern. Apart from that, they you know he's more than capable of doing well on the pitch. He's more than well, more than good enough to like provide assists for his teammates or dictate games or have an impact. I interviewed Jack Collison about five months ago, and he said he's one of the most exciting players he worked with in the under 23s. Jack Collison, obviously formerly a West Ham, former West Ham midfielder. He uh, spent uh, a coach had a coaching role at the club when he retired, and he knows the player. Like uh, when you think about the players that like Jack Collins have played with, he definitely knows the player. So that's when I said when he told me about, I was thinking, oh, okay, because I think the same thing. Hopefully, he does well because as oh, I think he's I think he's immensely talented. Join us next time by listening on the Athletic app or by subscribing to The Next Big Thing on your favourite podcast provider. And if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, do so now by going to theathletic.com forward slash next big thing to sign up from £1 a month. Thanks for listening. The Next Big Thing was produced for The Athletic by Abby Patterson. The writers were Nick Miller and Ian McIntosh. Roshane Thomas is the West Ham correspondent for The Athletic, Benji Lanyardo is a regular on the Totally Football Show and contributor to the Stop Hammer Time podcast. And George Ellick is a football league expert and Oxford United fan. The executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Hello, listener. It's me, Matt Davis-Adams, here to tell you why you need to be listening to the Totally Football League show. But apparently I've only got 30 seconds to do so. 
Reason one, we cover the most football of anyone. That's 72 clubs in total. Reason two, our panellists played actual football in the EFL. Whoa. And reason three, our music sounds like George Clooney is organising a heist. Oh, did I mention that we're now a bigger show than ever before, going out twice a week? Now that's more commitment to the EFL than even Sam Parkin gave as a player. How often are the games coming, Sam? Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. That's the Totally Football League show every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Did I do it? 